everybody. What's up? What's good? I'm Amari Daniel, and this is Safety Meeting Food Podcast. Spring is here, y'all. It's finally sprung, and if your eyes are itching anything like mine, then you know it's going to be quite the time, <laughs> okay? Yeah, allergy season is is in full bloom, <laughs> so to speak. All right, so I told y'all that I had been using the TikTok avocado hack, and I noticed that if I have water left over and no avocados, then I use that for either my kitchen garden or sometimes I'll put it into a mister and spray my compost for some balance. You know, sometimes it's a little dry. The, the ratios aren't, yeah, it's not always, always right. Uh, but listen, what if I told you that apparently rice water is a game changer? Boom, drops the mic. Listen, I'm sure many of you know that because y'all are garden aficionados, of course. Uh, but I myself don't have much experience. So this is something that I'm, I'm going to test out. This week coming up and next week and maybe by the third week, I will report back to you uh, because since we cook rice so often, this shouldn't be a problem. But I'll, I'll report back because I'm just, I know that minerals are in the water. And of course, when you water your plants, they filter out their own thing naturally. Uh, so I just want to see, I want to test it for a few weeks to truly see if it's doing what it's supposed to do, if it's if it's doing right by my plants, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But I'm definitely going to give it a try because the avocado hack, I thought that was a game changer. Well, this one truly might be the one. That being said, this week we're going to talk about composting. So I'm sure you think, hmm, compost, food, beverage, not understanding. And I get it, but look, it's it's the foundation. Sometimes you have to get foundational, right? You got to make sure that you have a great understanding of things before you can move upwards. And when you're growing your own food from seed to stem, or you're using the entire vegetable or cut of meat, it's, an, it's important to make sure you reduce the amount of waste, um, especially when we're talking about sustainability, right? I've been in restaurant kitchens and I see the amount of, and it's really not even just restaurant kitchens, I've been in other people's kitchens and I see the amount of scraps that get left behind or tossed in the trash. Um, and you can definitely use those things. You can save certain pieces of, let's say the bottom, the bottoms of asparagus. You can take that with the, perhaps the tops of your radish and throw it into a stock, make a nice little vegetable stock with other components, of course. But this way, your trash isn't as heavy or smelly full of food, and you're just you're able to take it and recycle it and just make it uh, all the more useful. It's definitely more bang for your buck when you can use the entire piece of the thing that you're cooking with, right? And when you can use all of it, then you're really maximizing your dollar. But besides all that, you're reducing your carbon footprint, of course. So I have a compost that's a 37-gallon dual-chamber tumbler. It's definitely a mouthful, and <laughs> it was about to tumble out of my mouth. Um, but I also have a small countertop compost bin, um, so I can throw my food scraps straight in there, right off the cutting board, um, and easily transport it to the bigger one. Because think about it, if you only have one outside, well, if it's raining all day, or if it's snowing, or even if you're not able to make it out there for some hours, if you have a place to put it with a lid, as opposed to just maybe an open bag or open bowl, then you don't have all these problems with bugs 
and it's able to sit there for longer until you can get to your your um, compost. Now, I, I wouldn't recommend using that per se as your sole compost because we'll find out here in a second that that's just not really practical. It's not going to work out for you. <laughs> um, but like I said, I have the smaller one that goes with the larger one. Now, if you're not familiar with composting, this is not the only way you can do it. Technically, uh, many people will compost straight in the ground. And I mean that as they'll have set up kind of sections or bays where they maybe have uh, kind of marked it off with some wood, made a section for it, and they'll sprinkle their layers of green and then they'll put their brown on top um, and just kind of keep layering it like that directly onto the ground. Uh, the problem with that for me <laughs> is, you know, so that kind of thing brings pests. It brings all the raccoons, all of the, the squirrels. It's going to bring all sorts of things over to your compost. And I, I just want to do my thing and put it with my herbs. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to create any problems for any nature out there. And I don't need nature to create a problem for me. So mine sits off the ground. Um, it's still, it has holes in it for aeration. I open it and dump in my food scraps, turn it every day. But like I was saying, the bigger ones that sit on the ground, there's a, there's two approaches. You can kind of just layer your greens and your browns on top of each other, like a lasagna, or you can also layer them and then turn them by hand. Um, not in the same way that you would, it's not a crank, you just, you would take a garden tool and kind of turn the whole pile. And that takes a lot longer um, just because it, it does need to all kind of break down. And in the tumbler, it's able to break down differently because you're turning it. You're turning it often. It's getting airflow. Things are being added. Um, I said green and brown. And greens are things that are going to be like your fruits, your veggie scraps, uh, some coffee grounds, you know, because those are rich in nitrogen. You can use browns. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much, it's pretty explanatory, right? So it's, it's in the name. So things like dead leaves or cardboard, newspaper, those sorts of things. Um, those, they, they break down really well and they help with composting and adding nutrients and making sure that you get the right kind of soil, the right kind of outcome at the end. Now, like I said, I don't need that necessarily. Um, so I have the tumbler instead i mean we only have an herb garden after all and we will soon have a flower garden there's there's a time and a place i have learned recently as i mentioned earlier i'm not a green thumb i don't have a green arm i don't have a green i just have a green shirt okay i don't have i don't have that that natural knack for gardening but the gardening groups out here are saying that you shouldn't plant your seedlings until after Easter this year. Apparently there's another frost that has the potential to come through. And if you put your babies out there too soon, they, they, you just gonna lose them. And I got, I have some, I have some little seedlings that I wanna get started on, but I, I can't because I'm trying to wait. And it's, it's the, the thing about cooking is that it requires patience, right? And we know that clearly from the start here where you have to get the soil ready. You've got to get the, the setup ready before you can even get to the food. So it's all about patience and it's all about balance. And for me, the trickiest thing really um, as, we've, as we've been entering the spring season is balance, right? So now good compost 
won't be too dry and it won't be too wet. And generally what happens by wet is that it's kind of a sliminess. When you're adding lots of uh, coffee grounds and, and food scraps, they're they're rich in moisture already, right? Like, you know, you grab a, a, t- a tomato or you might grab a strawberry and put the tops in your compost and it's it's got juice. So naturally, when you put it into the compost, you're going to need a good amount of dry to balance that else. Otherwise, you'll it'll start molding and doing a very weird thing. So myself, I do a two to one ratio of brown and green. I've seen people do four to one. Some people do um, it's more like a two and a half to one. The thing about it is that for each person, you're just going to have to kind of see what works best for you. Um, much like in cooking, you use your senses, right? So you see if the food is is burning. You smell if something is browning. You can you can hear if the moisture is being cooked out. So with composting, it's it's similar in that you'll see if there's a problem. You'll smell if there's a problem. So I can sit here and tell you do a two to one ratio of, of your browns to green, but you're just gonna you're going to be you're gonna have to get involved i mean i hate having to to tell you like stick your head in your compost but you're gonna want to get in there and make sure that that it's smelling how it's supposed to okay so i'm not saying take a huge whiff but when things start to smell off you'll know that you have a problem and then you'll just have to course correct right okay so now i mentioned spring earlier because in the winter i was able to use a lot of dead leaves as my brown matter and now, obviously, not so much. <laughs> but I have paper. And I think you probably have paper too. <laughs> but you can take paper. You can take some wood chips. As I said, cardboard. Um, I make sure that all of those things are in small pieces so that I can cover my green with a nice, nice even layer. Because even is the name of the game. Um, what I had happened to me a few weeks ago was a bug problem. There was a lot of flies. And yes, you'll have flies. It's compost. It's, it heats up to break down nature. I get it. But I was having an unsavory amount. <laughs> so what I had to go do was add more of a coating. So after I, I spun, you know, I used the tumbler feature <laughs> of the compost. After I spun around a couple of times, I had to make sure that I put a nice coating of my brown matter on top so now i have some dirt that i saved and i just put a nice coating on top and kind of let that sit for a little bit longer so i went maybe a day every other day in turning it so that that problem would cease and now i'm back to turning it every day because i'm also dumping uh green matter and brown matter every day it's that time of year. You're in the kitchen, you're cooking up some more, or you're using uh, your fresh fruits. And so I'm just producing more in the kitchen right now. Um, so I need to up the amount of activity over at the compost, right? So now what you don't want to do, because I've already told you all your dues, what you don't want to do is add oil or add meat scraps. That's just not, it's, it's just a no-no for your compost. And there are definitely great resources online that really kind of break down in more thorough detail um, what you should and shouldn't put into your compost. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, oh, well, can I put eggs in there? Yes, if we're just talking about the eggshell. So what I try to do is take the eggshells themselves 
um, and I rinse them out thoroughly and let them dry first before I put them in my little compost because they've got a good amount of calcium, I believe, in them so that you can, I think it's calcium or perhaps it's magnesium. I probably should have double checked. Um, and it's, it's just good for your soil. Those kind of vitamins are what you're going to need to help your herbs or your flowers even bloom nice and strong and withstand nature, right? You're planting these things into the ground. They're going to stay outside overnight is much chillier than it is in the daytime so like they need they just sometimes need a little extra help so why not make sure that you give them the things that they need think about it as kind of a like the multivitamin equivalent for plants you gotta make sure your plants are good to go just like you would make sure you were good to go right everything is about balance it all comes back to balance and another thing that i can say that was balanced was the cocktail of the day <laughs> this week's cocktail i made a lemon drop martini yes iconic drink at least in my opinion it's very well known that bright yellow is going to capture your eye automatically so the specs for this one i made this lemon drop martini with two ounces of vodka i used western sun it's a vodka they are a vodka company out here in texas they're up in the north texas region i used one ounce of lemon juice fresh squeezed lemon juice you could probably use concentrate but why not use the best which is fresh <laughs> and then one ounce of triple sec and half an ounce of simple syrup now if you're like me and you like tart things maybe i would say go a little less on the simple and perhaps up your lemon just to punch it up a bit more in flavor. But I can definitely say that the lemon was very present. Of course, why wouldn't it be? It's the only, I mean, it's the strongest flavor in there. Lemon, triple sec, simple, and vodka? Come on. You're going to get the tartness of lemon. But that half an ounce of simple syrup, especially if you use a two to one, is just enough. You're going to get just the right balance <laughs> that seems to be the word of the day here the just the right balance of flavors and i served it over ice but you can definitely serve it up in a coupe or in a well in a martini glass as it is a martini and you will not i mean either way you really won't miss the ice <laughs> it's going to be as long as it's nice and chilled it's going to be a great drink and i feel like it's kind of a, a perfect little kickoff to spring it's not quite a, a, a summer cocktail because to me those are those tiki drinks or drinks that have more tropical notes of coconut and and maybe hibiscus or something like that. But I think this is a great start to spring, and I just wanted to I still wanted to be I wanted to be somewhere already. I wanted to transport myself, you know. I wanted to just feel like I was outside, basking in the sun. I mean, I had this at night. It was a nighttime cocktail, but that doesn't mean you can't have it in the daytime. And it also doesn't mean that you can't make this tomorrow, the next day, and the next day all the way up until next week when we are dropping another episode of Safety Meeting Food Podcast. I'm Amari Daniel. I'll catch y'all next time. Bye.